15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Be watchful, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad, leaves his home and places serve his servants in charge, each with his own work, and orders the gatekeeper to be on the watch. Watch, therefore, you do not know when the Lord of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight, or at cockcrow or in the morning, May he not come suddenly and find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to all, watch. The Gospel of the Lord. I thank Father Baker for inviting me to preach and kind of celebrate this liturgy of the first Sunday of Advent. W waiting. We're waiting and we're preparing. And sometimes there's a lot of excitement associated with preparing. If you look outside in the world, drive along Times Square, drive along Main Streets, we see that, a lot of preparation going on. Years ago, the first year I was teaching at DePaul High School in Wayne, New Jersey, we had a tradition. I started teaching there in September, and by November, right this season, the school sponsored a concelebration with all the local parishes. So priests from each of the sending parishes came to the gymnasium where we had this mass of over a thousand kids. So all the kids saw their priests in the gym and there was a lot of hullabaloo and talking and giggling. Uh, the music was playing and the teacher who was the moderator of the event was, I'm not going to say his name, his first name was Rich. And I was standing in the hallway with the other priests, about 25, 30 priests, and the director of the school, new, relatively new, I started in September, and all I could hear was banging on the, I'm not going to do it to this microphone, banging on the microphone while Rich is saying, be quiet, be quiet. Mass is starting, mass is starting. 
And I looked to the director of the school and I said, what's going on in there? And he was, he was a great Irish guy. And he said, oh, Father Lou, you don't know the tradition here. Oh, we, we, we have to calm them down before Holy Mass. I said, calm them down? I said, they're like climbing the walls. I said, would you mind if I try? Oh, anything. If you can do it, if you can shut them up, go right ahead, Father Lou. And so I said, okay. Now, I had already made a mark on the school. I was teaching seniors. When you teach seniors, the, the atmosphere and the reputation goes to the whole school. And in my class, I was, it's hard to believe, I was strict. I was told by a very good pedagogue years before that, you don't smile until Christmas. So I was stiff-lipped, I was a good teacher, I enjoyed it, I demanded work from the kids, and we had a good rapport, but I didn't smile in the class. Outside was different. Okay, so now the, the kids knew me, the seniors really knew me, but the rest of the school did not, but my reputation was with me. And I had a collar on, open collar shirt, took off my vestments, and the gymnasium is huge. From the back of the gymnasium, I walked up very, very deliberately and slowly. And I would see some of the kids catch my eye, hey, Father Lou, hey, Father Lou. Not a word to responding to them. And as I walked closer and closer, I slowly buttoned up my collar. By the time I got to the microphone, stiff-faced, I buttoned the collar and I put the little tab through. So now I'm dressed totally in black with my collar, like this, not blinking an eye. And sometimes you'd hear a kid, hey, Fadlu, Fadlu, and then they calm down. And little by little, the entire gymnasium of 1,050 kids was as silent as this, silent. So I said gently, please stand. After the music starts, the priest will come in. The kids stood. You thought you were in church at that point. You were, but a gymnasium. They stood, music started, the priest started, and we came. After mass, the director, Monsignor McHugh, said, Lou, what did you do out there? How did you get them all to quiet down? I said, I just made eye contact, and I prepared them. And they got it. They got the message. We have to prepare now. We're in a process of preparing four weeks this time before our ancestors prepared for generations but we only have four weeks to prepare to renew the birth of Jesus. The first birth came in history. We now celebrate the second birth every time we gather at the Eucharist. And now for our own sake, we commemorate the first birth and what we call his birthday, Christmas. And preparing, as Jesus warns us today, because necessary, because we don't know when he will be back, when he's gonna return. We're on a journey. Some of us will meet Jesus Christ earlier than others. We call that death. Many of our ancestors, 
brothers and sisters throughout the world through this COVID virus have already met Jesus or God as they understand God to be. We're still on the journey and we're invited today to prepare. Now the scriptures are not naive. They're here as a guideline for us every year. And now we are starting what we call B-cycle and Mark is the predominant gospel author. But before the B-cycle of Gospels, we look at the readings from the prophet Isaiah, and we, we, the history is very simple. People of Jerusalem and all of Israel were in captivity in Babylon. Cyrus the Persian let them go home. Some of them came. They were in Babylon because their whole world was destroyed. It was empty, it was gone. There wasn't a stone upon a stone in Jerusalem and the Holy Land. So those who came back were very disappointed. Those who came back were disappointed with their city being a mess, but also disappointed in their God who didn't keep everything looking pretty to welcome them back home. Many of them probably sent texts to their brothers and sisters up in Babylon, stay there, there's nothing to come home to. Does that sound familiar? We're going through a crisis and last few months as a country and some places still going, we had our own crises, civil disobedience, civil disturbances, protests, breaking things. Some places there wasn't a stone upon a stone. So we're coming back now to prepare to go forward even though the world, I'm not in control, but I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, is a mess. More than ever, we need the Messiah. The people of Israel said, absolutely, we need a Messiah. But you know what? Look around. Look at this mess. And Isaiah the prophet reminds them, and probably us, that we're the cause of the mess. Oh, the Babylonians came in, or the protesters came in, but we're the cause of the mess. And he puts it this way, we need you. We need you to tear open the skies and come down. And we've all said that during this COVID virus. And we've all said that during the protests. We need God's intervention, right? Come and tear open the skies and come right down to us. And then the acknowledgement we are sinful. We're unclean people. What we think is a good deed is like a polluted rag. Our prayer life has withered. Our guilt carries us like the wind. And then the reality, you know what? We need you. There is none like you, God. We absolutely need you, and we cling to you. They prepared for the renewal of Jerusalem, but they were preparing for the Messiah. Messiah did not yet come. That was 580 BC, did not come then. So they had to rebuild prayerfully, 
prayerfully focused on God coming into their lives and helping them get their lives together. We, 21st century, 2020, prayerfully must do the same thing. Reminding ourselves that he came once, but we are waiting for him, and we're waiting for him to come again. And sometimes we need politics or justice to buoy up our spirits. And I think we got that, especially in New York State. We got that from the Supreme Court last week when they decreed that it was kind of unfair not allowing Catholics or Jews or Muslims to gather in prayer with the appropriate distance, with the appropriate masks. Kind of unfair that the department stores and the and liquor stores and bars could be open Okay, distant hours, but they could be open, but not churches. Nope. Churches are bedrocks of disease. You see, the rebuilding that is necessary, and we are the people who need to rebuild because the world needs to know there's a reason to rebuild. We are practicing Catholics. We're practicing our faith. We need to invite the rest of our Catholic sisters and brothers back here to prepare for December 25th. Okay. But for the return of the Messiah. And we have to look at God and say, yeah, we were part of the problem. And we probably still are part of the problem. And politics is not enough. Politics is not going to fit the problem fix the problem. You and I will fix the problem by how we respect one another, how we love one another, how we, we seek justice in our country, our city, and our neighborhoods. And yet we call upon God, acknowledging that we are part of the problem, but we can be part of the solution because we have someone on our side bigger than the Supreme Court, bigger than the governor of New York, Jesus Christ. Early on in the COVID stages, that same governor congratulated the people of New York saying that we're doing this, we're bringing down these numbers, not God. He made that very clear. Not God, we're bringing down these numbers. I hope we remember that, and I hope to the best of our ability we responded to that, whether on social media or sitting down and writing a letter. He was talking about us, who gather and pray, who present our prayers of petition and need to God to relieve the world of the COVID and to encourage our scientists to develop and spread and share the vaccination. But you and I have the power to do that. Just as Isaiah realized the people of Israel had the power to say to God, come down here, be with us. And you know what? In time, he did come down here to be with us. It's called Bethlehem. It's called the Incarnation. And who is that that came to us? The Son of the Father, Jesus Christ. And now we wait more. We're still waiting, 
for the revelation of Jesus Christ in the flesh at the second coming. And when he comes, Paul has given us instruction. When he comes, he better find us irreproachable, with full faith, proud that we are Catholics, proud that we practice our faith, proud that we're inviting other people around the Father's table. Under those conditions, we can celebrate the fellowship that that group in DePaul High School celebrated 40 years ago in silence and now as we celebrate because it's the same table. It's the fellowship to which Jesus Christ calls us. And that table, if it's here, if it's Roosevelt Island, or if it's anywhere in the world, is the same table to which all of us are being called. And all of us are being asked, prepare. Prepare through prayer, prepare through charity, prepare through justice. He's coming. He's coming. We've got to prepare. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. It's not too late to make someone's holiday season a special one. Start now as an Amazon delivery station warehouse associate to earn some extra money for the holidays. You'd help bring joy to thousands near you by preparing packages and loading them up for their final delivery. With night and early morning shifts available through the new year, you'd also have the flexibility to spend time with your loved ones. To start as a delivery station associate, go to amazon.com slash holiday work. Amazon is a proud equal opportunity employer.